This is Swim Success with Music. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Swim Success with Music. I am Walt. I am your music coach. And again, this is Success with Music. This is the Swim podcast, a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, musicians, music students. You know how we do. It is all about that music life. And I appreciate you checking back in with us today. And if you happen to be joining us for the first time, know that you are listening to part two of a series that we're doing for compression. So to make sure that you're not lost, make sure that you go back to episode 44, which is just the previous episode on compression as we're going to continue on and build from the thoughts that we presented in the previous episode. So again, if you're brand new to the show, make sure you go back to episode 44 And then you can pick up with today's episode, which is episode 45, part two of our compression series. All right. So in the previous episode, we got into a discussion on threshold and we also got into ratios, how to use ratio for your compressor. For today, however, we're going to push forward and get through the remaining building blocks that most compressors have, and that will be attack, release, and gain. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the show, but as we do, I want to give you a few final thoughts about ratios, kind of doing the piggyback thing off of the previous episode, moving into our final points that I just mentioned. Yo, let's get it. I will say this about ratios, though. If your ratio goes up very, very high, I'm going to bring your mind back to that diagonal line. When you increase your ratio a lot, you will find that at the point of your threshold, the line will start to take on more of a horizontal path in your digital audio workstation. So again, if you're using that plugin, you'll see the threshold point. And if you turn your ratio really high, you'll find that that line just plateaus. And what that means is that it is making kind of a sharp turn and saying that it will not allow sound to go beyond a certain point and it's doing it in a very, very aggressive way. And to be direct with you guys, if you're following with me thus far, it starts to sound squished. It does not allow for breathing. It doesn't allow for the track to breathe. It doesn't sound natural. And that's another thing about uh, compression, of which we'll talk about here in just a moment. All right, let's move on to our next point here, because I think I spent way too much time on that, though the ratio is a major part of compression. All right, the next thing is attack. Attack deals with how long before that sound is subject to volume reduction once it reaches the threshold point. So, for instance, if you're playing a sound Let's say let's let's go back to that uh, 12 decibel threshold point. Let's say I hit my uh, snare drum and the volume really goes up to, let's say, close to, I don't know, two decibels. The attack setting will cue my compressor to yank that sound down after a certain amount of time. If you set your attack at zero, it's going to happen the moment it hits the negative 12 threshold. Or if you, let's say, uh, move it up a bit to, I don't know, uh, two milliseconds, 
it will take two milliseconds and then it will yank it back down to whatever ratio that you have. So in other words, increasing your attack will give things crossing the threshold just a little breathing room, just a little space to kind of correct and drop back down to that ratio that you have set. So with the right attack setting, you can have a more natural sound. But if you use too much attack, you pretty much allow the sound to run rampant. And if it takes a long time for it to get under the control of the compressor, then there's no point in using the compressor. So the attack again just deals with how much time is allotted before the compression actually kicks in on a certain sound crossing the threshold point. All right, let's move on to our next one here. And the next one is release. Some people see released as the polar opposite of attack. See release as the setting that allows your volume to go back to its untampered original state. So in other words, the release will basically release that sound that we compressed initially it basically frees it back up again to go back to its natural state, whatever that happens to be. In many instances, release should be fairly short. And the reason for that is if if you don't make the, the release time fairly short, then it creates this throbbing in volume and it can feel just very weird and, and make it feel and make you kind of feel spacey while you're listening to a track that has a lot of dynamics. So again, release is all about the setting that frees your volume to go back to its original state. All right, and the last one here is gain. Gain is pretty simple. It's just the overall volume of your compressor. So in your compression plugin, you may see in and out. You may see meters or indicators that will tell you about the sound that's coming into your compression and the sound that's going out of your compression. Well, if you take your gain and move it up, it will take your gain, your volume coming into the compression and move it way up. If you're compressing your music or vocals, the thing is your overall volume can go down because you are actually shaving off some of the energy at the threshold point. As a result, that entire piece can get a little lower in volume. Well, gain can push things up. You can actually use gain to push up the lower parts of the music or the phrase or the the musical phrase or the, the line of lyrics And at the top side of that, using your threshold, you can squish down the parts that go beyond a certain point. So in other words, it's like bringing up the valley and then kind of pushing down the mountains just a bit, if you can follow my illustration, and it creates more of a flatter surface or more uniform surface. So if you can kind of picture that, that's what's happening when it comes to using your gain. All right, so let me give you a few more thoughts about compression, and then I'm going to go ahead and jump into playing a couple of audio clips and play around with the compression and tell you what's happening. And now that you know what the five major parts are, you can tune your ear into what I'm going to be doing in just a few moments here. All right, so here are my thoughts about compression overall. Number one, too much compression will drain the life out of your project. Again, it's a phenomenal tool to use to even things out. But if you even things out to the point where it's sounding squished, if you're using very high ratios, you take the life out of music. I don't think that's a good thing. There's a debate in music, depending on, you know, what era that you've you've grown up in or what type of music you like. But I can tell you that some of the more modern eras are there. A lot of the music is heavily compressed. 
And most times that's done to really pump up the overall volume of a track to make it as loud as possible without going over a certain threshold. So if you use it too much, I believe that it drains your music of its life. Now, that may not be of concern of yours if you're using music or if you're creating music that's more digital in nature. There's, I mean, digital by, <laughs> by definition is not natural, right? But if you're going with more of an acoustic set, um, you're doing some jazz or maybe you're doing some, uh, you know, vocal related things or, you know, um, acapella related things, you may not want to smash things a lot with your compression because it will start to take away from the natural instrumentation and the natural flow with volume and things like that and dynamics. All right. Next thought about compression. I would say only add it when necessary. Don't just automatically assume that, hey, I'm making a track. I must add compression. No, only use it when you have volume that is just a bit out of control, meaning where your peaks in your valleys in your audio clips that they're very, very far apart. That's when you want to bring compression in. So if you record a vocal segment and your P's or your T's as you're singing them, they're popping really loud. And then the rest of the phrases on your audio clip, they look very low on your screen. That may be a time to use compression. But if things are uniform and you're looking at your audio meter and it's kind of bouncing around and green around the same area, there may be no real reason to use compression. So again, use it when necessary. And final thing here, uh, if you're using compression on your master bus, make sure that you don't use it in an extreme way. Again, I know that some people use this a compression specifically for mastering. I use it all the time. I'm gonna play a track for you here in just a moment where I've used compression and it's worked out pretty well. But if you over compress all the work and all the time that you spent singing, mixing and, and recording, you could ruin your entire track by at the very end over compressing. All right, let's go ahead and jump into a few musical examples. Let's let's do this. I'm going to set my compression um I'm going to do some extreme numbers here again, just to drive home the point. So I'm going to set my threshold at negative 25 decibels. That's pretty, pretty low. And then I'm going to set my ratio at 20 to one, which is crazy high. So let's translate this. I'm saying to my compressor, hey, at negative, negative 25 decibels, which is pretty quiet, I want you to severely limit or reduce anything that goes beyond negative 25 decibels. I want you to reduce it by a factor of 20 to one. And then I'll let it play through once. And on the loop, I'm going to bypass it to go back to the normal state. So you can hear the difference in the compression. I left my metronome on here so you can hear um, that that is remaining the same while the sound behind the metronome, the guitar, is being changed a lot. Here's the compressed version and then listen for the uncompressed version when we loop it. Here we go. Okay, so you heard that, right? There was a substantial reduction using the compression. So what's happening here? The compression, again, is dealing with volume. I'm saying, hey, at negative 25 decibels, which is pretty low, once my sound gets up to that point, 
yank it down and yank it down by a factor of 20 to one. So what that does, again, it gives me more of a, uh, a horizontal line uh, as opposed to a diagonal line. So it kind of shaves the sound off after 25 decibels. So it, it's just reduced substantially. Okay, let's, um, let's bring this back to a normal place or state. Let me go up to, I think negative uh, 18 decibels would make sense for this guitar. And I'm gonna use a, a ratio of about four here. I think that may be a lot better than that extreme compression that I was using. And beyond that, my attack here, uh, I'm gonna put it at 10 milliseconds. And my release, I'm gonna set it at 50 milliseconds. Let's see how this sounds. I think it should sound better. Let me play it for you here. Oops, let me try that again because I have it bypassed deal. One more time, here we go. I think that sounds okay. It still sounds a little squished to me. I'm not sure if you can tell that or not, but I feel like there is a, a bit of a, a, an artificial sound to that. So I'm going to uh, reduce my ratio a bit more. I'm going to bring it down to, I'm going to go down to three, three to one, because I think the four where we were before, I think it's just uh, it's a little too harsh. Let me play it again. Yeah, I can deal with that. All right, let's play with another another setting here. And this one is gonna be the release. So remember, release says that, hey, after these many seconds, allow the sound to go back to its untampered state. I'm gonna make my release really, really, really high, meaning the time is gonna be so long that it's gonna be subject to the compression longer than it should be. And Take a listen to it and tell me if you can hear what's going on. I'll play it for you and I'll give you some comments about it. Here we go. And again, this is a bit more subtle, but what's happening is that the release has, I have it so high that the effects of the compression is hanging on way too long. So again, I think it kind of robs it of its natural sound. So if you have a very long release there, the compression will be in play for a lot longer. I don't need it to be in play for a lot longer because the sound kind of trails off naturally. I don't want, or the volume kind of goes down naturally. I don't need a compression to push that down when it's gonna happen on its own. So I want the release to be fairly short. I don't want it to have it jammed up for that amount of time. I don't want to have it, I don't want to have the, um, the volume manipulated for that long amount of time. Now for the next one here, I wanna talk about attack. For this one, so I can kinda of drive home the point, I'm gonna turn my ratio up really, really, really high, as I did in the uh, the beginning. I'm gonna move my threshold back down. So I'm gonna make my threshold, uh, I'm gonna put it at negative 22. And again, that's pretty low, not super low, but pretty low. But my ratio, I have it 20 to one, which is just crazy. It's just a hard, hard, compression. Take a listen to the guitar when my attack is on zero with those two settings in mind. So again, negative 22 on the threshold, 
20 to 1 on the ratio. Take a listen at what this sounds like. Can you hear that? I'm not going to play the whole thing. You can actually hear distortion in it. And essentially, that's what distortion is when you squish sound so much that it's forced to hit the edges of the borders. That's kind of my definition of it. So you're distorting. So sound as it's approaching that threshold it's just being shaved off, and that shaved sound is a bit jagged, hence you get distortion. So that's what's happening there. Now listen what happens when I take my attack and I'm telling my compression, hey, get a hold of my sound a bit later. I'm gonna up the, the seconds here, or the milliseconds. It sounds as though I don't even have a compression on. Well, I do. It's just that the attack is so late. By the time the sound kind of pops above that that point, the attack says, hey, I'll get to it in a minute or in a few milliseconds. So the effect really doesn't take place. So, again, that's an extreme situation there. So your attack and your threshold and your ratio, they all have to work together. All right, so let me go through this one more time. And again, I'm using extreme numbers just to drive home a point with attack. So I'm going to loop this here real quickly. And you're going to hear the difference between a very slow attack and a fast attack. And again, the attack deals with triggering the compression at negative 22 decibels in this example, and by a factor of 20 to 1. So we're going to start with a very open-ended long attack, and I'm going to draw it down. Here we go. Pulling it down right there. All right. Let's uh, move on to an actual music track here. All right. So I'm going to play you a part of a track that I created for uh, one of my artists here uh, a while back. And you're going to hear, uh, I believe the, the compression here is at, uh, I want to say like a two to one ratio. And again, this is at uh, at the master stage here. So the compression that you're hearing, uh, I know there's some things compressed within the, the track, but the main compression is at the very end. So take a listen. I'm going to go back on that same piece and I'm going to compress it like crazy. And this is an example of what I've, I hear some people doing on their tracks. So in this instance, again, I'm going to go extreme here just so you can kind of understand how compression can really kill your overall sound. So, again, I'm using very extreme numbers, 20 to 1 ratio. Hopefully you guys will never do that. But again, I'm using that high ratio on the master bus just to drive home a point. My threshold, just so you know, is set at negative 15 decibels. Here we go.
All right. So in that instance, when it first started, you may have been thinking, well, that's not that different. The point is when that kick drum started to drop in and that energy start to uh, push that kick to the edge, my compression says, no, you don't. And it yanked it down so much that it started to give it this ducking or throbbing sound to where the volume is quickly going up and down as the compression is uh, encountering these high energy parts. So in other words, is moving the, the volume fader, if you will, kind of behind the scenes up and down to where the music sounds like, like again, it's throbbing or having this wacky sound. So again, extreme examples. And uh, my hope is that you can play around with these concepts even more. The biggest tip that I can leave you guys with today is go back and play around with your compression. Do it with your vocals. Do it with your bass guitars or your guitars or what have you. Do it with your master tracks. It takes a bit of time, but hopefully you've heard what each of those areas mean on your uh, plugins. So the next time you're working on a track, you know, you open up your compression, instead of just clicking on the master preset or the vocal preset, look at the settings, look at the threshold, look at the release, look at the attack. And now when you do, you're gonna know exactly what that creator was thinking when they made that preset on your plugin. And if you're more knowledgeable about that, your sound will be a lot better. You'll be more successful at this music game and we are all about that life. Yo, I appreciate you tuning in today. Get at us next episode and make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. You can actually do that from our site. Again, you can go to successwithmusic.com. Again, that's successwithmusic.com. Be a better way for me in this life